Good morning, everyone. My name is Kevin Bates, and I'm the lead pastor for Resonate Christian Church. I want to welcome each one of you here this morning for our 10 o'clock broadcast. Wherever you are at in your world today, we want to just let you know that we love you and we care about you and we want to hear from you. So if you want to fill out our online connection card at ResonateLife.org, or you can connect into one of our social media channels and direct message us and we can get into contact with you, pray with you, or answer any of your questions and help you get connected to Resonate. We do have a fall lineup of community groups, and so those will be meeting online and sometimes in person, um, allowing for social distancing, of course, and mask wearing. So we want to get you connected to one of those if you're interested. Go ahead and fill out that online connection card, and we can get you, um, get you connected to one of our community groups. I want to thank a couple people this morning, and they are sitting back at our sound and audiovisual booth. Um, Chuck and Adam, each and every week, show up this, uh, on mornings, on Sunday mornings, to do our online broadcast and our live events and our gatherings. And so I just want to thank them this morning for all of their work and what they do. And also, Matt Miller does a great job in putting together our music for each and every Sunday. And so if you could send them a message, a direct message, thanking them also, they put in a lot of time and a lot of effort. And so I just wanted to thank them. Also last week we did Home PDX. And so that was a very successful uh, meal for Home PDX. And so as, again, we continue to uh, supply their needs, we, again, we are one of the only hot meals provided in the Portland metro area. So being consistent with this ministry is really important. And so thanking John Anderberg this morning is a priority. So we want to thank John Anderberg for all of his effort and his work with Home PDX. And if you want to get involved with Home PDX, you can direct message one of us or um, reach out to him directly if you see him or, or uh, we can get you into contact with him directly you want to help out with home pdx if you have access to bread or juice we want to and wine or wine we want you to get those elements as we will be doing communion at the end of my teaching time and we want you to participate in that each and every week we do the christ candle which this represents the light of christ within us and for us and around us And even in our dark places, in the darkest of darkest places, we want just the reminder that Christ is the light within the darkness. And we might not feel or experience God in a moment or in a day or even in a season. We might be struggling experiencing the presence of God. Yet the promise is that Christ is with us even in the darkest of, of times. Before we get started, I want to remind us of our mission statement as a church. We're a community that loves like Jesus, and we know that loving like Jesus will be strengthened when we are more deeply connected to these core values as a community. Daily devotion, prayer, freedom from strongholds, serving the community, sacrificial generosity, sharing and knowing our stories, and also celebration. And those are our core values as a faith community. So as we start our short introduction of our sermon time, if you want to um, 
go get a Bible and if you want to go or a device and if you want to grab your communion elements, you can turn up the volume on your device or your TV and go get those now. Today, we are starting the book of Philippians, um, a fantastic book. I've preached on the book of Philippians before, and I always love to return to the book of Philippians probably just every couple of years because it's an important book to talk about joy. It's an important book to talk about Jesus and his, his, that he is God and also human and the example of Jesus that he taught us to follow. So the book of Philippians is an interesting book. It's very powerful in the sense that it is a grounding in the basic also nature of God um, and the love of God. And there are key elements in the book of Philippians that are really crucial to our walk with Christ, our spiritual formation, and also just our growth and becoming more like Christ. And so the ideas of perseverance, uh, the deity of Christ, and how to live, the topic of relationships and the church, and the gospel and paying forward the gospel even in our in the face of our death. These are the important topics that are talked about through the book of Philippians and today I want to start with the topic of relationships. And relationships are central to all through the book of Philippians and central to each and every other one of these topics that I just listed off. And so Paul elevates the idea of relationships right at the beginning of this letter when he is very thankful for the relationships that he has developed and he has. And he's sending words of encouragement to all of these people that he has partnered with and sending words of edification and building up the people that he has visited and then travels on and writes a letter back just to encourage them in the face of trial, in the face of persecution, in the face of poverty as they are disconnecting maybe themselves from their norms and experiencing their own sense of stresses, their own sense of trials. And so he is, as he moves on and, and goes to other places, he writes these letters back. And if you can imagine being in an ancient world situation and you get a letter, and you get a letter that says, I thank my God every time I remember you. And just having those words from the Apostle Paul would just be completely edifying and encouraging. And so that, that is what this letter is about. And relationships and him emphasizing relationships and thanking God for the relationships that he has. Uh, that is how he starts out and it's central through the entire book. And so the scripture goes like this in verse 1. To all those in Philippi who are God's people in Christ Jesus along with your supervisors and servants. May the grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers. I'm thankful for all of you every time I pray. And it's always a prayerful full prayer full of joy. I'm glad because of the way that you have been my partners in the ministry of the gospel from the time you believed until now. I'm sure about this. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to completion in the job by the day of Jesus Christ. I have good reason to think this way about all of you because I keep you in my heart. You are all in my prayers. And 
God's grace, both during my time in prison and in the defense and the support of the gospel. God is my witness, and I feel affection for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. What a wonderful just outpouring of love and the showing of care for this people group. And this is my prayer, that your love might become even more and more rich with the knowledge and all kinds of insight. I pray this so that you will be able to decide what really matters, and so you will be sincere and blameless on the day of Christ. I pray that you will be filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes from Jesus Christ, in order to give glory and praise to God. So one of the values that I see right at the beginning is Paul's heart. He has the value that Jesus would be instilled in the hearts of people. And with that theme in mind, Jesus being instilled in the hearts of people, what does that mean tangibly? And how does that how is that shown to the world around us? Well, first, I believe that because God is such a relational God, that he is in relationship even with himself, with the trinities in relationship with people. We have a personal relationship with Jesus. And so we know that in the spiritual realm that God is the, the central idea of God in his nature and also the central idea of how God relates to people is, is just relationship, connection, intimacy, having that relationship with with himself and with nature and with people. I mean, God can even, God is even saying he has a relationship with the creation itself. And that is where we get our nature activities, where we can have a relationship with nature itself. And so relationships are important to God. Not just for relationships' sake, but we have relationships with others that lead to growth and spiritual understanding. Um, I have a unique relationship with each one of you. I'm your pastor, and that is a unique relationship. I, in our relationship, my priority with you, just like everyone's priority needs to be, is our spiritual growth and, and Jesus being the center of our lives. And we all can encourage each other to do that. Um, I've been close to many of you. Our conversations go beyond just the superficial and, hey, how's it going? Great, thanks for asking type of, type of pleasantry in the hallway. We've participated in life together. We've done things and celebrated uh, your kids and my kids together. We've been transparent with one another about our hurts and our habits and our hang-ups and even our hurts and habits and our hang-ups with each other and and some of you have literally saved my sanity in life relationships do that for um for our sanity for even our our mental health uh when our team came together to plant resonate and we decided to move to sherwood there was a group of people that were very committed and very involved and and worked day and night to uh for this to happen for resonate to happen our team came together in that great sense of commitment and that is what i see at a central um a central idea with relationships is the idea of being committed to 
each other. Commitment is one of those things that's sometimes scary and it sometimes is threatening and it sometimes takes risk because in commitment you can get you can get hurt really easily. Relationships are not the easiest idea. It's not the easiest um, idea in life. And so relationships are messy sometimes. Relationships are revealing. You feel vulnerable in relationships. And so I'm not saying that relationships as a central idea of God is going to be an easy, <clears throat> easy um, trail to walk. It is difficult at times and very difficult at times, difficult at best. But through the ups and the downs and through the, through the trials and through the hurts and through the joys and the not so joys, when it comes to relationships, there's this one word that I want to give us that I believe we really need to think about and develop this character in our lives. And that's the character and the value of loyalty. Loyalty is important in relationships. When you are disloyal to someone, that is a lie to self and a lack of understanding of just life itself, I would say. When you, when you betray a friend and when you're disloyal to a spouse or you're disloyal to family or disloyal to, to the people that you're serving with, um, you probably just don't have a lack of understanding of self at that point and the power of self really of how you can damage another person and when we betray someone that is some of the most painful experiences that we can go through as human beings i've i've watched people be disloyal i've experienced disloyalty myself and it's extremely it's extremely painful and I've watched many of you be very loyal, even when people are talking and gossiping and backbiting and saying stuff. I've watched many of you just walk through those conversations just even keel. That you have a sense of loyalty about yourself that, and you understand yourself and understand others to the point that you're like, I'm not going to let these single stories about another person or these judgment calls of another person affect my love for that person. And so even though even though a friend or even though another acquaintance might be disloyal, I've seen many of you exercise the character of loyalty. I think that Jesus and his words in Luke 9 illustrates loyalty um, and followership really, uh, really strongly. It says, Jesus said to everyone, all who want to come after me must say no to themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. All who want to save their lives will lose them, but all who lose their lives because of me will save them. So a lot of our disloyalty in relationships comes because of selfishness when we have self at the center when our worlds are 
centric on self, that is when we run the risk, really, of being disloyal to other people. So when the Bible says to lose yourself or to think of others greater or to uh, say no to yourself, that really uh, sets up the environment to be loyal to the people around you, loyal to God and loyal to, to others. So I would say that I, at the center of my world, runs, puts me at ultimate risk of betraying the people around me. And I see that through scripture, all through scripture, that when selfishness um, is at play, disloyalty is at play as well. So he talks about being a follower of Jesus and this idea of, of followership. Well, followership is a tough act, uh, and it's a tough act to follow, right? It's a tough act, and followership means that you have to lay down your preferences and your desires and maybe even some of your, what you seem, uh, some of your priorities that you might seem are more important. We might have to reprioritize. And life many times um, acts out in a way that we are forced to reprioritize so that loyalty and followership and, and relationships become central again. So, for example, if somebody in your life got sick, if somebody in your life got into an accident or got hurt really bad, all of a sudden our priorities and our what we think is important shifts. It changes to where I f refocus on giving to their needs and providing meals and showing up and being present in their lives. When, when we go through trauma, that a lot of times reprioritizes our lives to be more loyal and to be more caring and to have more of a radical sacrifice and a radical, radical love and radical generosity. Um, I use that word radical because it takes sometimes radical moments to change our generosity, loyalty, love, and care to radical, radical form. And, and Jesus is calling us to that radical form of love. He's calling us to that radical form of relationships. And that takes putting down your selfish desires. And he says, put those down and follow me. We know that in all relationships, there is a time to lead and a time to follow. And that is almost moment by moment. Uh, with your children, I've been... Uh, I've been into some counseling, and uh, we know in counseling, we, well, my counselor shared with, with me that when we spend just 30 minutes a week with our children, uh, focused time, only 30 minutes, it's proven that that 30 minutes will change the course of the relationship with the parent. And I was, I was shocked to hear that. I'm like, okay, come on, 30 minutes, that's not very... That's not very long. I give my kids more than 30 minutes, you know, a week, not a day, a week. And um, her point was it's a focused time where we lay down everything. Phones are turned off. Uh, we're not concerned about ever, anything. And we allow our children within reason and boundaries, of course, 
We allow our children to set the course of that 30 minutes. We allow them to lead. We allow them to, well, what is something that you want to do right now with me? And it gives them that sense of ownership of that 30 minutes. So even with our children and our young children and our older children, there's times to lead and there's times to follow. With friends, with, uh, with our, our you know, moms and dads and uncles and aunts and cousins and family members just encompassed, church family, our spouses, our children, there's times to lead and there's times to follow. And doing this intentionally removes intentionally self. When we carve out intentionality in relationships, when, I, okay, right now I'm just going to follow and I'm going to listen and I'm going to hear what they're saying and I'm going to be a part of what they're doing. I'm going to be a part of their life. When we, when we intentionally follow, that is a moment that we deny self. And radical things come out of that. It's amazing what, what happens when you are intentional with relationships and allow another person um, ownership of time or, or uh, allow them to set a course and become a part of what they're doing instead of them just being invited into what you are doing. So that is a great value, that relationships are important. And I see that as a central theme in the Bible, um, all through the Bible, and especially the book of Philippians. Another idea that Paul calls for in relationships not only specifically followership, leading and following and having a balance in that, but he also calls to this idea in the leadership category of coaching, that we are to mentor, some of the old words that we used to use are mentorship or, you know, like the big brother uh, attitude towards, towards another person, that we are partnered with our relationships in a sense that we can coach and be coached in our in our lives, and this is an is a very important piece of healthy relationships. Some people call this teachability. Are you teachable in life? In this season of COVID crisis, pandemic crisis, I have listened to so many people be the know-it-all of of life. I mean, you get on you know social media and. It's and 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 then you carry forward, you know, with this, with some of the racial um, reconciliation and unreconciliation uh, uh, events and crises that we are that we are in. Um, I have just listened to people, social media experts. I mean, they they are saying things and doing things uh, that they're a know-it-all. Um, very unteachable in their attitude. They know the answer. Um, they know uh, what happened and what's going to happen. They know all the details. They call it uh, social media medical, you know, where where we we give our medical advice about COVID. We give our med we're not listening to science. We're just listening to everybody on social media and their input, whether it be with you know, a protest or whether it be with a pandemic. And it just shows a lack of teachability in our, in our culture. God asks us 
to be softened, malleable enough to hear and to listen and to change. And I see in my relationships, some of the most important relationships in my life, is I've allowed and given the space for coaching and mentorship, and I've entered into an intentional attitude of teachability. I'm a prideful person. I'm a hardened person. I've gone through enough trauma in my life that I am stubborn. And when somebody tells me what to do, sometimes I don't take too kindly to that, <laughs> especially if I think that I'm right. And so <clears throat> when I then get a half a dozen people telling me what to do, it gets worse. It turns into a dogfight. So uh, this call, I think, in having this call to have relationships, one of the central keys of leadership, followership, and leadership in leadership and followership. You have to be open to teachability in followership, and you have to be open to coaching in leadership. And so in 1 Corinthians, Paul saying, follow my example just like I follow Christ. Jesus in Matthew, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them to the top of the very high mountain. He took them places to show God. So Paul takes his people places to show, show them God. And that's our coaching. That's what our coaching needs to be is that we are taking people to places to show them God. I am so thankful for my wife in this because my wife is the best coach and and she can sit down with a with a young she's coached a lot of young people in her life but but also um, same age or, or older she's coached many people in her life and she's just able to speak a lot of reason she's able to speak a lot of stability and able to look at life more organized she's a very organized person and so like for example she can take somebody that is in a credit and financial mess and within like a year I've watched her just completely turn somebody's financial profile and their credit score and all this stuff, turn it around just with reasonable decisions filtered through, you know, stable emotions about it. We're not going to freak out about having a bad credit score, and we're just going to turn the course. We're going to turn the direction of the ship and set it on a new course. Well, that takes a lot of teachability. That takes a lot of, a lot of coaching, and this is very intentional. Uh, this is a very intentional relationship this is a very intentional moment and I believe that it is a value of being a Christian that are we teachable and are we able to teach are we coachable are we able to coach and so coaching others is is centered and it's central to our idea or the idea of relationships look what Philippians 1 5 says it says, I'm glad because of the way you have been my partners in the ministry of the gospel from the time you first believed it until now. I'm sure about this. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Jesus Christ. I have good reason to think this, 
this way about you because I keep you in my heart. You are always in my prayers in God's grace, both during my time in prison and in the defense of the support of the gospel. God is my witness that I feel affection for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. So we see these words of compassion. We see these words of affection. We see these words of I believe in you. We see these words of I'm here for you. I'm partnered with you. And in all that empathy and in all that love and care and affection and support and partnership, the central idea of coaching is pointing people to the gospel. And so no matter how we are coaching somebody or being coached, no matter how we're coaching somebody or what we're working on with them, it could be a credit score, it could be helping them get out of college, it could be setting a course uh, and helping them with their family, it could be anything tangible, but, but Paul is saying that at the center of that coaching relationship is pointing people to the gospel, because we know that when somebody is pointed towards the gospel, we know they're pointed in the right direction. And so I see that relationships are born in these things, in these values, whether it be followership, whether it be leading and coaching, whether it be um, just supporting and partnering with someone in tangible ways, this is how relationships are born. I, I see one last idea <clears throat> in this first chapter of Philippians, and that is the idea of serving. Paul says to serve one another, basically. Uh, when you hear that the greatest among you must be a servant, when you hear uh, that in Matthew, that, that idea of service, we always, well, not always, but we think of like working together or we think of doing a task together. I would say that's, that's part of it. There are acts of service, like in our love language, when we do something for another person as an act of service or an act of, of task, that does show love. But yet, <clears throat> a lot of times we can't do something tangible for another person in a task. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you know, you can mow somebody's lawn, but most of the time, you can't. And so I would say that there are some ideas that I came up with for this for this morning, some tangible ways that we can serve in relationships. One thing is keeping our words accountable. One of my failures in life um, has been uh, in my own hurts because people haven't held uh, their emotional pain or my emotional pain sacred sometimes in my life I haven't held other people's emotional pains sacred because that's happened to me I have done that to other people so using some of the greatest hurts in somebody's life in an argument or um, using something of what they said um, you know, to get at them in a, in a fight or an argument or a disagreement or something. And as embarrassing as that is to confess that it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's not safe. Um, we do that as human beings. I would say that I'm not the only one. Um, and I have learned 
slowly that that I can damage relationships when I I do this. But one of the service, the serving values that I can implement in my life is keeping my words accountable. That when I keep my words accountable and I hold people's words sacred in what they tell me and their emotions and their hurts and their their pains that they share with me. Uh, words can be either a tool to build people up or words can be a tool to tear people down. And I think it, it it's either a, 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 a tool of love or a weapon of hate. And I would rather be on the tool of love. And I hope that you do as as well. The Bible is very serious when it says, do not let anything unedifying come out of your mouth. And so keeping our words accountable is extremely important when it comes to relationships. So how do I keep my words accountable? Not only do I not use somebody's pain against them or in an argument or a fight or, well, you told me this last week, um, not letting anything unedifying come to, coming out of our mouth means that edifying things will come out of our mouth. So one of the pieces of accountability is not just being like, like resistant to unedifying things or you know, chiding somebody or, or making fun of somebody. Okay, I don't make fun of people and I don't, you know, I, I don't do what you know, Kevin's done in his life and I, I don't say things that are mean, but do we say things that are nice and do we affirm and do we build up with our words and do we know how to say thank you? Do we know how to really carve out, carve out an attitude of thankfulness? So that's words, but then also acts. Like, how do we do random acts of kindness? And I believe that, yes, you can do big random acts of kindness. You can, you can, you know, remodel a house if you wanted to. Help somebody flip their life around in uh, acts of kindness. Or you can do something simple, like buying somebody a cup of coffee or bringing somebody a cup of coffee or bringing somebody a, a small gift of some kind, or making sure that you remember important days in people's lives. There are very important days in my life that when people don't remember those days, I hurt during those days. I, I wander in my mind, gosh, does anyone remember my pain? Does anyone remember that that's an important day for me? So I think that in random acts of kindness, there are smaller yet very impactful on certain days of my year, I could, don't buy me anything all year long, but call me on that day and tell me that you're praying for me, makes my year. So I look at those kinds of random acts of kindness and I ask myself, well, this week, what are some things that we can say and things that we can do that show service and kindness and relationships can be born? So whether it be that we are learning the skills of followership or of coaching and leadership, whether we're learning to partner well with people around us, learning to speak and be spoken to in a manner that builds up, or whether it be doing small, tangible acts or remembering people's days or the certain situations in their life, maybe there's some things that you can do this week so that relationships can be born in your life in a very Christ-like and loving way. Let's take communion to remember this.
Jesus sat around a table and said, do this in remembrance of me. He says, this is my body and this is my blood. He says, remember, remember what happened on this day. And today, Jesus, we do remember that you gave your life for the world. So, Lord, we're thankful for today. Thank you for Jesus. Lord, help us to always focus on Jesus and that Jesus would be the center of our life. Lord, help us in our relationships. Help us to grow in the skill of relationships. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On some happy notes, uh, I just want to give a, a happy end notes. I want to give a couple of announcements this morning. Um, Oliver Dean Flew was born 8 pounds, 10.6 ounces um, on Saturday morning at 6.30 in the morning. So Oliver Dean Flug, that is Jacob, Pastor Jacob and Bethany, their new baby. And so they are coming home soon. And so just uh, welcome them back into um, our family with the new baby and a growing family. And so we are praying for them and very excited to meet their, their child in the coming, uh, coming weeks. Um, also, we do have a men's cookout Sunday, September 6th from 6 to 9.30 p.m. And so look at uh, the invites on Facebook. Uh, there is an invite on Facebook for all the guys in our church for the men's cookout. Uh, bring your own meat, bring your own drink, and let's come together and fellowship together here right on this patio. Resonate, we love you. Thank you for joining us this morning, and have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care. God bless you.